When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Purdy, steady brocking all night long. We begin to rock. Purdy, rock until the game is done. We don't know the words. We're still feeling it out. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN2, ESPNU. Of course, in the ESPN app and all of our great ESPN stations all across the country, Sirius XM, Channel 80. She is Michelle Smallman. He is Chris Canty. I am Evan Cohen. Good morning, everybody. And what a week five it was in the NFL yesterday with the headline game, of course, San Francisco and Dallas. We thought it would be a big one coming in, and it was certainly a big one going out for one team that is unbelievable. The San Francisco 49ers are so good. They beat the Dallas Cowboys 42 to 10. Good luck. Everyone else, I feel like we need to have the Liam Neeson good luck in taking right now. <laughs> I don't know how the hell you try to beat these guys. Man, oh man, are they good. Yeah, if you're a Cowboys fan, that game was uglier than our picks this weekend. Oh. I well, mean, that, there, that, was, there was a little bit of funny business with our picks this weekend, though. There was, there was. Which we will Joe, get to. Joe Fortenbaugh gave us the old screw job, and we'll go chapter and verse on him a little later on, but the 49ers went chapter and verse on the Dallas Cowboys last night, and the head of the snake was Brock Purdy. He was phenomenal last night throwing the football. He had four touchdown passes, which was a career high, three of them, on passes of 10 or more air yards. This guy was dropping dimes all over the field. Doesn't have the strongest arm, but throws with a lot of anticipation. He has a high football IQ, and I think you saw that on full display during that game. And I think that's what makes this San Francisco 49ers team special. We knew that they had all of the talent on all three levels on their defense, all pro players all over the place on offense, but this guy has evolved as a quarterback. You're talking about him winning his 10th straight start. There's only been four quarterbacks since 1950 to win their first 10 straight starts. Brock Purdy is one of them. It's unbelievable what this guy is doing right now, and that's why you have to look at the 49ers as the most complete team in football. Absolutely. We need to today, I'm making an edict on the show, we have to learn the lyrics to that song because no one's going to beat the 49ers and Brock Purdy could be the MVP. <laughs> like we're putting Mr. Irrelevant on ice. No one is playing better right now than the San Francisco 49ers. And I, I just look at them guys and the talent disparity between them and the Dallas Cowboys was on full display last night. I don't know if the Cowboys are worse than I thought they were or the 49ers are, are just that good. But And the NFC and the AFC... I don't see anybody beating the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, neither do I right now. I, and I don't see that anyone is even close to them. Sure, there's Philadelphia and Kansas City. Those are the ones that would jump out at us. But man, oh man, are they good. You guys can be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. Well, you guys can weigh in. Is there a team right now that can beat San Francisco? Plus, your Unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend. Funny, bad moment of the weekend. But we said a week ago, I just looked back, exactly one week ago today, we had the conversation. If Brock Purdy had one big game 
on Sunday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys, should he be in that MVP conversation? I think it's pretty clear he's in the conversation. I'd argue he should be the front runner right now for the MVP ahead of anyone else. Yeah, and Chris Collinsworth would agree with us. Matter of fact, I think he must be a fan of the show the way he was (laughs) caping for Brock Purdy during last night's broadcast. But, I mean, it became obvious there's one team that has a quarterback that plays above the X's and O's, and that guy was in a 49ers jersey. It's not the guy that's making $40 million a year. And I think that's the big surprise that the national audience got last night. They didn't think that Brock Purdy would outplay Dak Prescott in the way that he did. And, and I know a lot of people are quick to jump on the talent disparity, Smalls. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a huge gap between these teams from a talent standpoint. At least Jerry Jones doesn't think so because he said as much last week during his radio hit in Dallas. He said, from a physical standpoint, there's no reason that we can't play well enough to get a win. From a scheme standpoint, there's no reason why we can't play well enough to win. If we maximize what we get from Dak, we're going to give ourselves a chance to go out there and get it done on the road. Well, guess what? Dak Prescott gave him the answer, and it was a resounding, emphatic no. Their quarterback is not going to be a force multiplier in the games that matter. When you talk about a guy throwing three interceptions – That's not putting your team in position to win games. That's not putting your team in position to have success. And that was one of the things that concerned me about the Cowboys coming into this season. The turnovers from the quarterback, Smalls. Now we're at 39 turnovers in the last 35 games. 39 turnovers in the last 35 games. That's unacceptable for a guy that has this kind of talent around him and for a squad that has championship aspirations. And for a guy who's trying to get paid again. Yeah, and that part. If you're Jerry Jones and you come out and you make those statements, not just Jerry, the entire week the Dallas Cowboys said, this is our measuring stick. This is going to be the barometer to determine how good we are. They came out and they made no bones about it, guys, about how important this game was, not only to prove that they're here to stay this year, but I think to exercise some of those playoff demons yeah. that the 49ers have had from them. And what happens? It's the largest defeat of Dak Prescott's career, going mm. back to a 39-9 to loss to the Eagles back in November. Of 2017. So you have all of that rhetoric leading up to this moment, and this is how you come out and perform against them. But I can't decide if the Cowboys are, are, are you know, dropping the ball, so to speak, so much in this game, or if the 49ers are just this dominant. I think both things can be true. Yeah. I think the 49ers can be this dominant, and the Dallas Cowboys might not be ready for prime time. And you have to ask yourself if you're Jerry Jones. If this team with this quarterback isn't ready to compete for a championship, maybe we have to rethink what we're doing. Maybe we have to reconsider what we're allocating to the quarterback position and what it's going to cost to keep Dak Prescott moving forward. He's got a $60 million cap hit in 2024. We've already talked about it. That's untenable. They have to negotiate a new deal. Are you willing to pay Dak Prescott $55 million a year for the foreseeable future based on the performance we saw? Against the 49ers last night? No, I mean, unless the cap's going up significantly and we don't know <laughs> well, about that. Well, it but, is. The cap is going to go up. But, but not yeah. enough where his percentage is so low. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's The Niners are built perfectly, and the Cowboys are built to potentially win this year. But ultimately, that jump, basically, it's more than double, right? You're looking at what Dak Prescott is getting paid this year in terms of a cap hit. Then project that out to next year, double it, and think about all the other guys you wouldn't then be able to have as a result. That's really where it hurts, and I don't think you can look at that and say, yeah, that's what we're going to do. See, I like Dak Prescott, but I also simultaneously look at it and say, they're not in the same class as the Niners. Well, well, the he, Niners are unbelievable. Brock Purdy's become my favorite player in the NFL to watch. He's outstanding. I'm not kidding. No, he's outstanding. As a former quarterback, oh, wow, <clears throat> as wow, a former quarterback, go. I look at him and I'm like, <laughs> he makes all the right decisions. 
He throws the ball to whoever's open. He has no preconceived notion as to where the ball is going to go. I thoroughly enjoy watching this guy play. Dak, who I am a fan of, makes a lot of bad decisions. I don't love watching him play at all times. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to go here, but I'm going to bring it up. Uh-oh. I, I, I mean, it, it is early Brady stages is what it feels oh, like. Oh, boy. He's not Brady. But, I mean, where the hell else am I going to go for comparison purposes with that I guy? I don't think there is any other place you can go. Right? And we're not saying that he's Brady just no, because of the correct. sample size. But that's the only thing. It's such a small sample size, right. so nobody wants to jump out of the window. Everybody keeps waiting for the rose of the bloom to come off the rose, and it just hasn't happened for this dude. And so, at some point, we have to acknowledge, maybe there is something to Brock Purdy. And I thought it was telling with George Kittle's interview on SVP last night after the game. He said... The thing that impressed him about Brock Purdy's preparation this week is that the game plan was so dense, and this dude was able to absorb all of that information, and you saw him be able to process in real time on the field. It's just outstanding quarterback play. I I don't know any other way to describe it. I mean, this dude always puts his team in position to have success. I mean, last night on third downs, Brock Purdy was 4 6 80 yards and a touchdown. Against, <laughs> That's ridiculous, Chris. And a, one, and a, four, a 149 passer rating. I mean, against the Blitz, 4 of 8 uh, for 48 yards, a touchdown, and a 108 passer rating. This, this guy nothing is Nothing phases him. What no, you're saying is nothing phases him. And nothing phases him but just the nuance of playing the quarterback position, situational awareness. We don't, we don't oftentimes see that with a quarterback as young as Brock Purdy is, a quarterback at this stage or what – should be the infancy stages of their development. But this guy is light years ahead in terms of how he thinks the game. And that's the difference between the 49ers and the Cowboys. Like, when we start talking about the best teams in football, what's going to separate them? How well the quarterback plays. All the other talent is going to be equal. Like, when we look at the upper echelon teams, where you want to throw out the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you want to throw out the 49ers, you want to throw out the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, Kansas City Chiefs, All all things being equal talent around the quarterback, the quarterback is going to have to be the difference maker. Mm -hmm. And Brock Purdy has shown us this dude isn't just a passenger – He's an actual difference maker. He's and the that, bus driver. That, he's the bus Trump driver. Says. He's like he he he, he is. Not, he exactly. is. He's he, the bus driver. Exactly. He's not getting on and paying a fare. He's the one that's driving <laughs> the bus. Okay. And that's the thing that that I think people have to start acknowledging with the performance that we saw from Brock. Conversely, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, we have to start questioning with Dak Prescott as the bus driver and making top of the market money. Can you win a championship? I know that it. It sounds hyperbolic to have that conversation today, and there's a lot of season to go. But I got to say, those people in, in the building it, 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 at, uh, at the Star in Frisco, they got to start asking that question. Is this the guy that's going to get us to where we want to go if he continues to play the way that he plays in these games? Last three games against the 49ers, two playoff games in last night, three touchdowns to six interceptions. That ain't it, Smalls. No. Jerry said we got to go through the 49ers at some point to get to where we want to go. It ain't gonna be hard. It ain't gonna be hard for the 49ers if they see the Dallas Cowboys again. Uh, and if Dak is the bus driver, they're taking the wrong exit too frequently. You no know doubt. What I'm Another thing, really quickly about Brock Purdy that I was thinking about last night, and your Brady comparison, I think, is a good one in this in this lane. He has the right coach. Brady and Belichick were in a tandem together. Mahomes and Reed are in a tandem together. It feels like Brock and Kyle Shanahan are the perfect marriage. And that's why I have confidence that this is going to be something that we see a lot of longevity with. Because I think he falls in line with what Kyle Shanahan wants him to do. And Kyle Shanahan knows how to maximize the best out of him. Okay, a couple of things here. All three of us have made the Brady comparison. I want to be clear for everybody listening and watching. We are not saying Brock Purdy is Tom Brady. 
What we're saying is what you just said. He has a great quarterback coach com- uh, comparison there, or combination, yep. excuse me. He's outperforming his contract at such a low number because of the round he was drafted in, and he just distributes the ball to the guys that are open early on in his career. That's all we're saying, right? That is all. We're not saying this guy is going to win seven championships and become the greatest quarterback of all time. We're saying he has had a hell of a start to the season. But we have to get more into the Cowboys. We're going to do that coming up here because there's a major argument about, okay, if this is the top of the food chain, you're not close to beating them. So then why reward people on your team with more if you can't beat the biggest competition? Doesn't make sense. There's sound on that. I know CC has more on that as well. You guys can be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. If you had to pick a team right now to beat the Niners, is anyone out there going to pick anyone to beat them? Or would you take the Niners over the field? Is Purdy the MVP? And your unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend is what? That's your funniest or worst moment of the weekend. We'll get more on the Cowboys plus the Hackett Bowl coming up. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. You heard some sound there. Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, and Micah Parsons. Humbling loss, punched in the face, 42-10. They lose to the San Francisco 49ers last night. I mean, Drake has a line in one of his songs that says, you know it's real when you are who you think you are. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys have been talking all week long about how important this game is. This is not just a regular season game for them. This is a measuring stick game. I mean, it's Jerry Jones. It was Michael Parsons saying he couldn't sleep with the preparation and just getting ready for it. Jonathan Hankins. Everybody in that, Dak Prescott, everybody was chirping about how important this game was. We ain't hear nothing from San Francisco. Very workmanlike in their approach. And then it just looked like they were having fun out there. <laughs> Think about this. George Kittle saw a, a fellow alum of Iowa, Sam Laporta, the Iowa tight end, catch a touchdown pass off of a flea ficker, send it to his position coach, and the 49ers ran that play at the end of the first half, and it was a touchdown. <laughs> they saw the play. Same exact play. Same exact play earlier, the Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers. They ran the same flea flicker for a touchdown late in the first half. They, they were just having fun. They were they were very, very 
workmanlike in their approach to it. And and that's the part that surprises me with the Dallas Cowboys because this was a game where they had an opportunity to prove something to themselves, and they did. It's just not in the way that they had hoped for in terms of them being eye-to-eye with one of the best teams in all of football. But isn't that really with everything in life? When you've got it like that, you don't have to talk about it all the time. And I think the 49ers know that they have it like that. But that makes this loss so much worse to me that the Dallas Cowboys talked about it so much during the week. We have to, we're preparing. I can't sleep. We know that this is going to be the measuring stick. The only thing that really happened with the stick is that if this is the stick, the San Francisco 49ers took a stick and they beat you with it. They absolutely <laughs> beat you down. You know, like, this wasn't even close. And the fact that you put this much emphasis on this, and talked about it this much during the week. That's it's got to be embarrassing for them today. Well, let's hear what they had to say. Let's uh, let's hear first from Dak Prescott, who said he was humbled by this loss. Didn't see it coming, as you said. Put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona, uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, felt good about the preparation. Felt good about everything. Honestly, coming into this game, matchups, and they beat us in every aspect. Well, the head coach, Mike McCarthy, didn't see this coming either. Well, I think it's a it's a punch in the gut. It's a kick in the ass, whatever, whatever phrase you want to put on it. But, you know, I think it's clearly, but you you look at how the season's gone. Um, you know, we, we've been knocked down. I mean, clearly, they they, they beat us in all three phases. So, um, and, you know, I think we, we will clearly acknowledge it. And I'm not a burn-to-take guy. I, I think that's a crock um, We're not going to do that. We're going to go through it, make sure we're clear on, on exactly – you know what the expectation are. Make sure we're giving giving our players what they need to be successful. So um, they, they they played extremely well, and, and we did not. And and you know it was really in the areas of basics. Really in the areas that I thought we had, we had taken a step as a team. So um, yeah, I, I I didn't see this coming. You know it's interesting, and there's Mike McCarthy. Like I I think about San Francisco, right? In comparison to some other teams out there. The team I root for, the New England Patriots, are good at nothing. San Francisco seems to be bad at nothing. Dallas can still be good and not even be in the class of San Francisco. I'm not sure how good they are, but CC, they're not in their class. And then as a result, and they're not in Philly's class right now, I don't think, either. And yeah. some people may say they're not in Detroit's class. So then what are you supposed to do? I don't know what they do, but but it's clear that they need to question everything. Dak talking about how they feel good about the preparation. I don't know how you can feel good about the week's work when you go out there and put out a product like that. That was absolutely abysmal. And here's the thing. The score was 42-10. to 10. It's the worst loss for the franchise in a decade since 2013, quite literally. But the game wasn't that close. No. The game wasn't as close as the final score. Six of the first seven drives for the Dallas Cowboys – they didn't get a first down. Think about this. Six of the first seven drives, they didn't get a first down. That's how bad it was. They couldn't move the ball. After the field goal to start the second half, the, the quarterback goes out and throws three straight picks. It's, it's not close. And so if you're Jerry Jones, you have to reevaluate everything, and that includes what you're doing at the quarterback. We know Dak is angling for a contract extension. The Cowboys are in a position now where they've got to do something to address the deal. And, and I don't know that handing Dak a check for $55 million a year is the way that they should go. I remember when they had the first negotiation, everybody was caping for Dak and saying, you know what, you got to pay him. It made sense then because you were talking about their quarterback being the best in the division. Mm-hmm. Like nobody else had a quarterback that was on the level of Dak Prescott. Now that ain't the case. It's clear that the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts is better than Dak by a country mile. It's not close. And when we start talking about sustained success, 
a part of that is being able to contend for your division title. I just don't see that happening given how the Dallas Cowboys match up against the upper echelon teams in the conference and in the NFL. Yeah, I don't think there's any debating that. I mean, I don't know. Like, he's not better than Purdy. Situationally, now, it's not like put him on a random team. Who's better? Brock Purdy's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Yeah. Like, flat out. Flat out better quarterback. Uh, Kevin in Detroit, watching on ESPN2, wants to chime in on the Niners-Cowboys from last night. What's up, Kevin? You're, you said that – good morning, fellas. Morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You said that nobody's on the same level as the 49ers. I would like to uh, combat that. Detroit has a top-five defense. Detroit has a top-five offense. We didn't even have Amon St. Brown yesterday, Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Deion, the branch was out yesterday. I think that you need to put Detroit right there with the Philadelphia and I mean, then you, you play Carolina. They can I mean, beat Dallas. Yeah, okay. So now, wait. We, we, two things, can, again, can be true. Detroit could be great. And also, we can't then go crazy after winning against Carolina yesterday. I don't think Detroit hadn't won a playoff game in like 30 years. So I mean, not, <laughs> listen, we're not. Am I making a bold statement by saying San Francisco's in a league of their own right no. now? No. I, I, bold, no. I think in, in both conferences, it's them and then everybody else. Yeah, and that's them. not to say if we put them in a Super Bowl against Kansas City, we wouldn't say, hey, Kansas City's got a shot. It's freaking Mahomes, right? right yeah. Of course they have a shot. But, Sam, what? Okay, let's do it this way. CC. After playing 11 years in the league, knowing how to watch a football game in an analytic, critical way, what is San Francisco bad at? Nothing. And, and here's the crazy thing. They're the most physical team in the NFL. Uh-huh. The only other team that I would put in their weight class is probably the Philadelphia Eagles. But in terms of overall physicality, winning the phys- physical battle, we talked about all of the different metrics, the yards after contact, sack differential, rush differential, yards after catch and turnovers. When it comes to those key metrics – the San Francisco 49ers do that better than anybody else. So I'm not going to sit here and say that Detroit can't grow into a team that could eventually challenge the 49ers for conference supremacy, but they're not there yet. Let's start with winning the division, Detroit, something you haven't done since the 90s. The last time they won the division, it was called the NFC Central. I'm excited about Detroit football. I really am. They got a lot of young players that, that are going to be a part of a core that's really good for a long time. They're not there yet, okay? And when we start talking about quarterback play, Brock Purdy is playing quarterback better than anybody else in the conference. That is not hyperbole. Just go look at the metrics. We broke down how good he was situationally. I mean, four or six, 80 yards and a touchdown on third downs. Six or six, 55 yards, three touchdowns in the red zone. Like that, 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 awesome. that, that, is, that is facts. That's empirical evidence that Brock Purdy is playing quarterback better than anybody else in the conference. Conversely, last night, Dak Prescott played football, played quarterback, probably worse than anybody in the NFC. He had basically, he said he was going to have less than 10 interceptions this year. He had three last night. I mean, so you're not, you're not pacing towards less than 10 when you have three in one night. I will, sure. I will say this, F. The conversation, if the Dallas Cowboys continue to struggle against really good teams, teams that we think are playoff contenders, the conversation is going to shift at some point to whether or not the Dallas Cowboys should consider trading Dak versus paying Dak. Ooh. It's, go, it's going It's going to Ooh. shift. All right, we got so much. Boy, there's Ooh. a lot to get to. Dallas and San Fran, unbelievable uh, game in terms of storylines from last night. Wasn't an unbelievable game for the Cowboys, that's for sure. We got to get to the Hackett Bowl in a little bit. <laughs> bit. The Patriots are a complete disaster, maybe the worst team in the NFL. We got a pond further review coming up. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He still reeks of sausage and jambalaya after another long NFL Sunday. It smells like jambalaya. But man, does he have some thoughts. This is Upon Further Review with Chris Ganty. The Saints at the Patriots. All right. Bill Belichick had the worst loss of his career in week four in Dallas. He followed that up by getting shut out at home 34 to nothing. The worst loss in the Bill Belichick Patriots era of football. It, it, it was an embarrassment. He's the greatest coach of all time. However, his time has passed. Both things can be true, and it will become obvious to more people as the season wears on that it's time for Bill Belichick to bounce. This is the long goodbye for Bill Belichick in New England. He had a 21-point deficit. Uh, yesterday at halftime, he had a 25-point deficit at halftime in week four against the Dallas Cowboys. It's the first time he's had back-to-back three touchdown-plus deficits at halftime in, in consecutive games. It ain't going to work for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. There's no way they pull out of this nosedive. Mac Jones looks lost, and defenses are taking advantage of it. They don't have anything that scares you on the offensive side of the ball, and because they lost some key cogs on defense, they have nothing that scares you on that side of the ball. It's going to get uglier before it gets better in Foxborough, and I feel like the biggest takeaway from week five for me was that Bill Belichick is no longer going to be the coach of the New England Patriots after this season. Okay, a couple of things on that. First of all, as a Pats fan, I'm glad you did it the way you did it because there's extremes that people are going to. Oh, Belichick stinks. It's only Brady. Okay, that's not fair, right? Because Brady will tell you it's Belichick too. Sure. I'm glad you said it the way you said it mm-hmm. because prefacing it by saying he's clearly the greatest coach of all time, period, next sentence, right now if we evaluate him based on what we've seen in 23, he doesn't look like that. I, no arguments. Yeah. I, I'm willing to take all the punches today as a Pats fan. They deserve it. They're good at nothing. They are good at absolutely nothing. They get Matt Jones for accuracy and decision-making. He's not accurate. And he he can't even pitch the ball. He pitches it backwards the <laughs> wrong way. He can't even pitch the ball to the running back. Yeah, on a fake tush-push. Yeah, it's an absolute yeah. embarrassment. All right, keep it moving, Javante. The Giants at the Dolphins. We got a lot of bridges in the tri-state area, Smalls, mm-hmm. and the Giants paid for a really expensive bridge this offseason. The name of that bridge Daniel Jones. It's time for Giants fans to admit that Daniel Jones is the most expensive bridge quarterback in NFL history. I mean, I get it. He was sacked, what, 17 times over the last two games? Six yesterday and 11 against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. That was bad. And now he's dealing with a neck injury. But the fact that he is going to be potentially out or compromised for the foreseeable future with his health 
it only adds an extra degree of difficulty to what the Giants are going to be dealing with. You're going to get a pissed-off Bills team in week six because of how they lost to the Jaguars in London? Good luck with that. We saw how they dealt with the Miami Dolphins. And again, quite frankly, that was actually closer than I thought it would be. But it still shows you how far the Giants have to go. Coming into week five, they had the second highest odds to get the number one pick. I think it was a 14% chance. If things continue to trend in that direction, there's no way that the Giants, if they have a top five pick pass on a quarterback, I think they're looking to the future of what the quarterback position could be beyond Daniel Jones by virtue of what their record will be this season. I kept thinking about Justin Fields watching that game and the conversation we had on Friday. So many people in Chicago off that Thursday night game were like, no, 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 believe in this guy. He can be the guy. And you kept saying, but do you want to pay him? Do you want to give him the money that he's going to be due if you hang on to him? We all felt great about Daniel Jones and his progression last year. They paid him. And now look where you are. Well, and he's hurt now. And the guy that was the captain of the bridge quarterback team, Tyrod Taylor, is taking over for him. <laughs> I mean, he's got that neck injury, so hopefully he's okay because obviously don't want the guy to be hurt. But, yeah, he's, he's not looking good this year. Yeah. And they're not looking good. Next. The Cowboys at the 49ers. We got to ask the question. Go ahead. Do you pay him or trade him? Do you pay Dak Prescott or do you trade Dak Prescott? And I know it, it sounds like shock jock talk, but it's a legitimate conversation. There's a reason why Jerry Jones traded for Trey Lance on the eve of the regular season kicking off. And I didn't say that Trey Lance is going to be the heir apparent in Dallas, but I said that Trey Lance could be a part of the bridge to get you from Dak Prescott to whatever you're going to do next at the quarterback position if contract negotiations break down. If you're Jerry Jones... How, how much more evidence do you need to see from Dak in big spots where he underwhelms before you realize that this might not be the guy that can get us to where we want to go? Now, I, I get it. The Dallas Cowboys are a visible team, and everybody wants to say, oh, we're heaping too much of the blame on Dak Prescott. I get it. But that's why Dak Prescott get paid when he get paid. Quarterbacks are always going to get more credit than they deserve. They're always going to get more blame than they deserve. But in this instance, because of the turnovers against the 49ers, and the, and the turnovers at the most inopportune times, like the one in the red zone against the Arizona Cardinals, a game that you lost, we got to question whether or not this guy's worth $55 million a year. Ain't nobody saying that Dak Prescott ain't a good quarterback. But when you pay a good quarterback, great quarterback money, mm-hmm. that's when your salary cap gets screwed up, your team gets screwed up, and that's where the Dallas Cowboys are on the verge of. Think about all the other contracts that they got to address. CeeDee Lamb got to get his money. Micah Parsons got to get his money. They just paid Terrence Steele. They just paid Trevon Diggs. You can't pay everybody top-of-the-market money. So are you going to continue to pay top-of-the-market money to Dak for a quarterback that's probably the second-best quarterback in his own division at best? I don't know if that's the way to go. Well, he's definitely the second-best in his own division. But if you do the conference, he's getting lower and lower. Here's what I would do if I'm Dak's agent right now. I would talk to him about the idea of restructuring and extending. Because you asked, do you trade him? Or do you, do you extend him? And I would say, is there an in-between? Because you can't get the $60 million a year. You're going to be on another team. And you may not be in a good situation. I think this is a great situation for Dak Prescott. So figure out a way of restructuring and extending. But, but here's the thing, just to push back. Does Dak Prescott find a middle ground when it comes to negotiation? No. He gets what he wants. Well, you're going to have to, right? Well, how, if you want to be a cowboy. How, I, well, that's the thing. If you want to be a cowboy, I, I don't know that Dak is going to want to do that more so than get paid. I'm not saying that Dak is going to get his money. Right. It's just a matter of if you're Jerry, are you going to pay it to him or are you going to let somebody else do it? Well, and Jerry was reluctant to pay Zach Martin and said we need to pay Micah Parsons. Both of those people you have a lot less questions about than you do Dak Prescott. He's been publicly reluctant to pay Dak in the past. And this performance this past week, I don't know if, if 
Jerry feels like Dak is the guy that he needs to get him where he wants to go. The frustrating thing for those who are like me and have supported Dak, and I'm glad you said that doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback because you don't want to pay him 60, right? There's an in-between there. Yeah. The first two weeks of the season, I know they weren't playing against great teams in the Giants and Jets, but he had two touchdowns, no picks, first two weeks of the season. They were 2-0. and They just they were up 70-10 to in terms of total points versus and, and, and four. He had a touchdown and three picks last night. Like, I don't, I'm okay if you're going to end up losing. Just don't be a reason why, right? If you have no touchdowns and no interceptions with those weapons around you in that defense, not against San Francisco, but in general, we can live with that. You can't throw three interceptions. Back-to-back, though. It's back-to-back-to-back on three consecutive drives. They end in picks. Like, you can't do that. I get it. You're down 18. You're maybe taking some chances that you wouldn't typically. But you can't continue to make the same mistake. And that's the problem that we've seen with Dak. When he lines up against those guys with the gold helmets out in San Francisco, for whatever reason, he seems to throw the ball to them. Maybe he thinks they're on his team. I don't know. But Dak Prescott has got to stop making these kind of mistakes if the Cowboys are going to get through those types of opponents. It's easy to outclass people when you got more talent. It's easy to be a front runner. But when your team has got its back against the wall, when they need you to be the difference in the game in a positive way, you've got to step up. And Dak doesn't do that against good teams. So, it, again, we're, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be overly critical of Dak. I think he's a good quarterback. He's a top 10 to 12 player at the position. There is no doubt in my mind. But is that guy going to be worth paying $55, $56, 57000000 million a year to? That's, are you willing to make a $300 million commitment to Dak Prescott? Because that's what it's going to take. And Dak is as shrewd as a negotiator when it comes to contracts as anybody. We've seen how it played out in Dallas the first time around. The Cowboys, are got, they're up against it. they got a $60 million cap hit they got to deal with next year. And the only way to deal with that is either pay him more money or you trade him. I don't think there is a middle ground because Dak Prescott isn't going to give you that option. So Jerry has got a tough decision to make. And I'm not saying that they do trade him. What I am saying is it is a conversation at the start of the day. I'll tell you something. You you know, before the season, top 10, top 12 quarterback in the league when it comes to Dak, I'm all in. How they've played this year, we may have to redo the rankings. I'm, wow. I'm not, wow. CeCe, go through it. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying in my mind. Right, I think the same thing. In my thing. mind, it's like, okay, top 10 to 12 player at the position. 100%. That's where I go. And I'm saying to you, you and I may have to put pen and paper and actually list them because I don't know that he's playing well, like Well, we that. know we got two new entries with the way Tua's playing and the way Brock Purdy's oh, Brock playing. Brock Purdy's, in my mind, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. At no, this I'm, point. I'm just saying. The <laughs> way the, we got two new entries <laughs> yeah. into that, oh, yeah. that group. Oh, yeah. So we maybe we do have to run through the list. But again, I, I, I think the decision for Jerry is going to be critical in how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, we got 12 more games. we got to see how the rest of it goes. But I could see them having that conversation now. They at least got to talk about it because it's a huge commitment that's going to be required by them. And I'm not sure that Dak is going to give you the return on investment based on what we've seen him do on the first contract extension. Can we throw Jared Goff in that mix too? Yeah, he's playing better than playing better than Dak. If so we're going to do based on entries. how they're playing this year, yeah. yeah, you can you can look at it that way. Two guys who will not be on that list uh, played against each other <laughs> yesterday, and they have the same last name. Coming up, the Hackett Bowl ended. With us wondering, what does the future hold for Russell Wilson? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> Javante so petty. Mascot. Why are you so petty, Javante? Why are you so petty? You pay a future? That's what you're what, doing? What did I do? That's what you're doing? <laughs> hey, listen, today I think we can play future. I didn't even pick up on that. Well done. Well done. She is Michelle Smallman. He is so Chris Canty. I, I guess love it. So I have Evan Cohen. I guess we have to explain this now. <laughs> Great. I'm in the position now. I have to explain yes, this. Yes, you do. Go ahead. Okay, Go so future um, rap star used to date Ciara. Ciara is Russell Wilson's wife. So that's her ex. Yeah, Sierra. And, what did I it's say? It's Sierra. This beat. It, it, oh, I said Sierra. Oh, Sierra. Sorry. Sierra. My, yeah. my bad. Yeah, my bad. Listen to the Sierra's songs. baby daddy. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. There you go. So uh, the Hackett Bowl <laughs> yesterday. This is driving me crazy. So, again, we like to say on this show, we've kind of stumbled into this phrase that all of us say all the time. Two things can be true. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. Part one. Nathaniel Hackett was a horrific NFL head coach last year for the Denver Broncos. Okay. Part two, Sean Payton, even though he was trying to defend his quarterback, probably shouldn't have gone after Nathaniel Hackett, now Jets offensive coordinator, in the offseason saying it was the worst coach team he's ever seen. They play yesterday. The Jets beat, despite their awful clock management at the end of the first half, where they couldn't even get a playoff uh, by Zach Wilson. They beat the Denver Broncos on the road, 31-21. Zach Wilson, 19-26-199. The story for the Jets, Brees Hall was phenomenal. 22 carries, 177 yards, and a touchdown. Russell Wilson had a chance late, and the Broncos had a chance late for um, a potential comeback there. He fumbles the football. They run it back for a touchdown. Ball game over, 31-21. And now everybody is, like, all sympathetic. And, like, we have this sympathetic figure that is Nathaniel Hackett, which is just ridiculous to me. (laughs) Sean Payton, head coach of the Broncos postgame, on whether or not it was a Hackett revenge game. Yeah, listen, they played better than us. And I credit, you know, Robert and that staff. They won the game. Um, 
and I think that's that's how I look at it. Coach, do you regret though those comments? Making those comments is I, I already I already addressed that though, and it's a fair question. But I think we already addressed that the, the next day. All right. Well, Robert is solid, the head coach of the Jets, and he spoke about a special game for his offensive coordinator post game. You know, is. It was a special game for Hack, obviously being here a year ago. uh, Racked up over 400 yards on him. uh, Put up 31 points, so I'm happy for him. All right, I get it. Like, the rallying cry, chip on his shoulder, I get it. I understand why they would do this. I'm not that sympathetic towards Nathaniel Hackett. But Russell Wilson, while his numbers look okay, is not the same guy that he used to be. His finances are enormous. And what happens from here is the big question. They have a Thursday night game against the Chiefs. Uh, gut feeling they lose that, that one. That's yeah, for sure. going to go out on a limb with that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, but then that the key on bringing that one up, CC, is that they have those ten days, and a lot of times teams make moves when they have extra time to do something to correct those moves or, or adjust to those moves. What happens in Denver? I, I don't think there's a move to be made where they can get this thing back on track. Because I mean, you talk about the Chiefs on a short week. You got a game with the Green Bay Packers after that, and who do you play again? The Kansas City Chiefs, mm. <laughs> and then you're, you're bye week. So I, I don't. If we're looking at this thing, the Jets going into their bye week. I mean, not the Jets. The Broncos going into their bye week at best. We're talking about them being what two and six. Like, like that's what we're looking at, two and six. Uh, so I, I just I don't know that this thing is going to get fixed. And we saw. There was some tension, some frustration on the sideline in the relationship between Peyton and Russell Wilson. And as we continue to traverse through the season, it's becoming more and more obvious that Russ ain't Sean Peyton's guy. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that Russ is going to be able to do enough. Think about this, Smalls. You got outgained by 100 yards by the Jets' offense. You had 308 total yards offense. They had 407. They're quarterback by Zach Wilson. Now, Brees Hall had a hell of a day, including a 70-yard touchdown run. The dude got some wheels, man. Everybody talks about how he's not that fast, and all he does is run away from people. But I digress. My point being, this dude, Zach Wilson, should not come in and show the way that he did. In, 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 and that Jets offense should not have been head and shoulders above what you were able to do yesterday. Now, Zach Wilson gave you an opportunity with two minutes left in the game by throwing a pick. You had a chance, and then Russell Wilson turns around and gives the game back to those guys by trying to extend it down, a second reaction play, get strip sacked by Bryce Huff from behind. Those types of plays can't happen. Now, I get it. Jets' defense was awesome in the fourth quarter. Three of their four sacks came in the fourth quarter, and so fourth quarter pass rush is at a premium. But Russell Wilson can't allow those types of plays to happen, and you need this dude to be a difference if you're paying him what you're paying him. You're paying Russ $48.5 million a year. And he gave the game to the New York Jets yesterday. Is this Redemption Monday for Nathaniel Hackett? Because not only did he come out and that offense beat Russell Wilson and the Broncos yesterday, but if Sean Payton wanted to point the finger at Nathaniel Hackett and say, you're the reason why this isn't working with Russ, then shouldn't we give that same designation designation to Sean Payton that it's not working with Russ? People are not going to because it's the second year in a row and it's a different coach, right? Sure. Or, or argument would be third year in a row with three different coaches his last year in Seattle. But then should we maybe give Nathaniel Hackett a little bit more of a break for what happened last year? If what we're seeing with if, if Russ is the problem, do we absolve Nathaniel Hackett a little bit with what happened last year? That's all I'm I, saying. I don't because I thought he was tar- terrible last year. And I think everybody – I think we are losing sight of how we felt in the moment 
of how bad he was as a head. That guy, let's be honest, Aaron Rodgers can fight this all he wants. That guy was hired to be the Denver Broncos coach because they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. Of course. Okay. Of course. He's not an NFL head coach. You can be a very good coordinator and not be an NFL head coach. He's not an NFL. This is why I'm saying two things can be true. Nathaniel Hackett, not a good NFL head coach. Russell Wilson, Sean Payton may not be a fit. Both can be true. But if Sean Payton can't come in and turn the tide, I mean, this is Sean Payton that we're talking about. Then who can? And I guess my point is, is it so bad with Russ that it's beyond reproach? Like, if if Nathaniel Hackett is is not the problem it, and Sean Payton's not the problem, then Russell Wilson is the problem. Yeah, I think that you're probably right about that. And I'm a Russell Wilson fan. He does have 11 touchdowns, two interceptions this year. But obviously, he had moments yesterday where he could have been great and was not great. Here's the sad thing. There are so many bad quarterbacks around the league right now where he's still better than a f- I would take him in New England over Matt Jones, that's for sure. Like, he's nowhere near where he, want- where he once was, but he's. I don't think you can say he's like the worst quarterback in the league. No, he's not the worst quarterback in the league, but I will say this, based on how things are trending for the Denver Broncos, knowing that they're right behind the Carolina Panthers in terms of best odds to have the number one overall pick, I don't think we live in a world where if things continue to go off the rails in Denver that they don't consider drafting a quarterback and and resetting at the quarterback position. This team is closer to a rebuild than they are a championship, and that's obvious. So, I mean, if you're not going to win and you're paying Russell Wilson top-of-the-market money, I think the franchise has a natural opportunity to recalibrate based on how things look. Well, we mentioned how bad one of those quarterbacks was yesterday, the Pats. Have they become a sneaky tank team? We'll get to that next. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.